Welcome to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for December 13th, 14th, December 14th, 2011. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Just Dance 3. Hi, I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Alan Wake. Mm. Hi, this is Jamie Madigan, and my game of the week is not Skyrim, shockingly enough. Wait a minute, yeah. Jamie. Whoa. That is a huge spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to bet you dollars to donuts, Jamie Madigan, that there might still be Skyrim talk. It sounds like you're trying to I, head it I off in the past. All right. No, no. I, I, and I say that surprisingly because I have put a huge amount of time into Skyrim lately, but uh, kind of came prepared to talk about something else. Well, good. We look forward to hearing what it is, because we are going to ask you for your game of the week, your post of the week, and your news story of the week. But right. before we do, I have, a, I have a quiz for you, Jamie Madigan. Uh-oh. So uh, you and I go way back. Uh, as you reminded me, I, I knew that we'd worked together on something. You and I went uh, covered an E3 together back in 19 blah, 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 or maybe 2000, blah, blah, blah. I'm not exactly sure what year. Uh, yeah. So you, have, you are... Technically, a colleague of mine, or, you, or I should say, you are an erstwhile colleague of mine. Yes, wayward, maybe. Well, you have since moved on, and I'm going to give you a quiz. Uh, I want to give you three nonsense titles, and I want you to tell me which of them most closely resembles your job. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. So, Jamie Madigan, if you were to pick from one of these three titles that I just invented, I'm sure they don't exist. Would you be a residential zoning paleontologist, a commercial structural botanist, or an industrial organizational psychologist? Which mm. which most closely resembles your actual job? They're all they're all pretty close in the sense that they're all sort of nonsense. But uh, I'm gonna have to go with number three, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, industrial organizational psychologist. Now, you don't actually have a card that says that. This is a, that's not a real thing, right? No, I work for the government, and cards are not in our budget. So <laughs> if I did, it might say I owe a psychologist on it. Yeah, sure, why not? But you do, when you talk about what your job is, you do include the words industrial and organizational. Yeah. Now, I mean, my, my official current job title is personnel psychologist, which is no less confusing for most people, but uh, at least it's shorter. Mm-hmm. So what is, uh, in layman's terms, who do you psychologize? <laughs> so uh, industrial organizational psychology, you know, it's a field, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And basically what we do is we take the methods and tropes and, and uh, you know, methods of inquiry of psychology and apply it to understanding human behavior in the workplace. So mm-hmm. it, it covers a lot of ground, things, everything from you know, sort of individual behaviors and skills and training, you know, how to train people, how to get people to learn in a workplace and how to measure what skills people have and what skills are required by the job up to larger sort of macro issues like how do we put together a team or a department or an organization? How do we measure how well an organization is doing? You know, how do we measure performance? A lot of things like that. And my wheelhouse has typically been on more like the I side, the industrial side of industrial organizational psychology. So that involves a lot of like finding the right fit between person and job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were a, a manager and you said, I want to hire some widget makers, uh, you might come to somebody like me and say, help me, you know, test job applicants or screen job applicants to find out 
how I can hire the best widget makers. And I would come in and study your job, your widget making job. And I would say, okay, it requires these types of skills. And these are the ones that we can sort of measure and quantify. But now you work for the government? Yeah. So uh, is it like a Department of Labor job? Is it a state uh, level job? I work for a small agency called the National Archives and Records Administration. So we are the people who take pieces of paper, we put them in folders, then we put those folders in boxes, and then we put those boxes on shelves. And that, that's sort of what we do. <laughs> we're like, we're the government's record keepers, and that includes everything from, like, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Like, if you go to our, mm. our, our museum at D.C., like, we have those in our, in our museum there, down to, like, your uncle's military discharge records, you know, are going to be in one of our record centers. So do you call yourselves... Because you, you said that, and I couldn't help but parse this in my brain. Do you call yourselves NARA? Yep. Yep, that's right. I think that might be cooler than NASA. <laughs> I mean, we have the association of NASA and spaceships, but NARA sounds way more like mystical and what's going on in there. And Yeah. Uh, it's, it sounds like it would involve chanting at some point. But, yeah, yeah. Like you guys might wear robes with hoods. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just we, we put things in boxes and put them on the shelf and then pull them down when people ask for them. Now, what did you uh, – do you have a degree in psychology? Is that what you studied in school? Yeah, so a bachelor's degree in, in psychology and then a Ph.D. in industrial organizational psychology. Okay. So could you do, for instance, a word association game with Jason T. McMaster right now and tell me what the deal is with him? Um, I could. <laughs> All right. People always ask me that, you know, what's wrong with me or where's your couch? And I give the same sort of <laughs> tired laugh every time. But uh, sure, I'm game. Jason T. McMaster, are you up to be psychologized by an industrial organizational psychologist? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Some roads you can't come back from, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's see where this takes us. Jamie, I want you to give him three words for word association and from there to sort of diagnose what the deal is. Oh, God. All right. Um, book. Oh, uh, I don't, um, I'm so, okay. Yeah, I so. here. I, I got all the <laughs> So the fact that book tripped you up, McMaster, speaks volumes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm smelling publication in this. I think I could get uh, in a journal. McMaster, you're yeah. famous. You're going to be tested and prodded. You're going to be a case study in the National Journal of Psychology next month. How do you Keep feel? Going, Jason. I like the I like the kid in the Royal Tannenbaums. Exactly. He has, he has, he has a extremely good hearing. He's colorblind and has no like, oh god, all sorts of things. And there's a dent in this cab, right? That guy. Yeah, I love that. Am I really colorblind? He's like you know a hundred yards away. <laughs> but he's very good hearing. Oh, he can't tell time. Yeah. Good. All right, well, Jamie, uh, I assume you also, because you were a freelancer in the same area as me, I'm assuming you also play enough video games where you could pick a game of the week that's not Arkham City. I mean, Arkham City. Uh, it's not, uh, it's <laughs> not Skyrim. Uh, you have a news story of the week, and you have a post of the week. Yes. Okay. I have, I have notes. I came prepared. Now, don't be alarmed, but I am going to turn you over to Jason T. McMaster, the man who gets flummoxed by the word book. That guy's crazy. I know. <laughs> tell him what's going to happen. So, McMaster, talk us through our three subjects, uh, and then you are totally in charge. Don't give me oh this, God. oh, whoever wants to go first. You are totally in charge of who goes first in each category. 
All right, fine. I'll uh, I'll go first in the post category. All right. By the way, I have something for that this week. Oh wow! All right. So uh, a while back, I started a Dota 2 beta passes thread uh, for uh, for people to uh, you know if they get passes and they have extras, they can give it out and to just track who has it and who doesn't, so we can try to get people passes into the beta. Well, there's been a lot of new members just kind of show up uh, lately and uh, and just kind of go, hey, I want to pass. Uh, so mm-hmm. we finally got my favorite one. Yeah, a uh, new guy, Ethan SG. He says, uh, and this is my post of the week. So no, wait, real I quick, think- real, real quick, Master, before you go into this. So in this thread is the idea that anybody could post, hey, give me a pass, and they would be eligible for the next one? Were there any kind of rules in this thread, or was I'm it just a free I'm keeping a list, and basically if you get passes and, you know, you're not giving them to, like, you know, a personal friend or something, look at the list, and if you see somebody from the forum you're friends with or like or whatever, you can, you know – get in touch with them because they're still looking for one. It was just kind of like trying to get people, you know, right? as many people as I can uh, involved. And out of curiosity for some context here, how was Valve handling uh, the dissemination oh. of passes? Like, were they were they going to random people? Did you have to go to a lottery? What? You um, you had to sign up for a beta, and then you got selected. And when you get selected, you get uh, in for yourself, and you get two guest invites. Ah, okay, okay. So, right. yeah, um, I got a guest invite, um, and several of our board members got in. Um, as well, so yeah, I mean, a bunch of people have gotten into it from that. All right, so I'm sorry, I cut but, you off. So Ethan SG, you said, was yes, that the guy's yes. name? So yes, yeah. His uh, his post of the week is, and this is his first post on the board. Mm-hmm. Was an invite will be nice and really appreciated. If I got an invite from someone, I would give them ten dollars or something if I could. <laughs> Meanwhile, eat cookie, <laughs> and then a smiley face. So. <laughs> So yeah, um, he's uh, he's not on the top of the list. <laughs> oh come on, that's so endearing though. <laughs> Meanwhile, eat cookie. Eat so, cookie. Yeah, that's about. That's I, solid advice. It, it's it's solid. It's very solid. If you, well, you know what, I wasn't even thinking of it as like the the second person incumbent. Like I was thinking of it like I'm going to eat a cookie. But he's like telling people eat a cookie. Right? I get it. Yeah. He's like <laughs> issuing <laughs> commands to his helper monkey or something. <laughs> right. Eat cookie. No. Maybe. Lovey. I think you guys have it all wrong. He sounds like a really nice guy who would love to get in, and he just wants everyone to enjoy a cookie, uh, even if they're frustrated about not being able to get in. I, I just want to give the poor guy the benefit of the doubt. So, so McMaster, did this fellow uh, get a – he did not – are you telling me he did not get an invite into Dota 2? Uh, no, but a lot of people have not. So, uh, okay. Yeah, a lot of people have been on there for a while, you know. Uh, a few, well, he- uh, Ethan SG, if you're listening, I personally am rooting for you to get in. So, <laughs> yeah, I have a, a list of the lucky uh, few. Actually, it's more. It's getting kind of up there now. We've got like uh, looks like 15, 18 people in there from the board. So how, how close is that thing to being done and out? Yeah, is uh, No, you know, I'm guessing either early to mid next year. Oh, uh, that late, huh? Yeah, it's 
You know, they're still importing heroes, uh, and like they just in, uh, imported a few, or like just uh, added a few from uh, the old game that are being tested still. Like, if you go into the client, for instance, um, there's a section called Learn that when I first started playing, I had nothing in it, but now there's like player pro- or like uh, champion profiles in it, and I'm hoping it eventually has some documentation about you know different strategies in the game and everything, and uh, you know it. It's interesting, like, it, their games are always weird to me when I, I get to see them early because they're always, like, polished in certain ways and kind of bare in others. No, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Like, the graphics are great. Now, uh, Jamie Madigan, does something like Dota 2 interest you at all? It's not really on my radar. I've never I never played a single one of those, what are they called, like, MOBA or... Yeah, like, it's such a... Yeah, who, nobody knows. I mean, Valve <laughs> wanted to call it something like Eats or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I never played any of those. I've kind of watched them from afar. So at this point, I'm so intimidated by just the sheer oh, complexity. <laughs> and you, you say things like, you know, there's a hundred dudes, you know, that you choose from when when you pick. Oh your, yeah, your player. And, well, well, and as, as, say this, and um, as, as you mentioned real quick, McMaster, you wrote about it on the on the front page. It does have sort of learning support for bots. Like it has bots. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. want to not jump into the the punishing multiplayer arena. If you just want to muck around, it seems fairly friendly on yeah. that front. I mean, for yeah. me, it would be like if I clicked on that learn button, I would want like somebody to show up at my house and like just come <laughs> in and kind of just say, okay. Here's the deal, and and walk me through everything. Because be careful what you ask for, because <laughs> I know I know a few dudes on the forums that might show up at your house yeah. and try to teach you how to play Dota. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, you know the funny thing about it is like uh, League of Legends has um, bots, and they even have like a co-op versus AI mode, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot less uh, a lot less pressure. Um, and the uh, Dota two bots are actually pretty good. Um, and I discovered uh, that you can ping on the on the like map, and the bots will go to where you're pinging. And like, if you ping a tower, they'll try to attack attack a tower, or they'll defend your tower, etc. So it's that's pretty interesting, and they they work together well. So it's kind of a yeah, it's a good way to learn. So I mean, when Dota 2 comes out, and I'm sure, I mean they haven't said, but I'm pretty sure it'll be free. Um, just, uh, yeah, just check it out for that aspect. Yeah, yeah sure. everything Valve is doing is kind of pointing at a free-to-play. Dota yeah, too. yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it seems to be uh, good business. Like everybody's going that way. I mean, well, the, for the MMOs. Yeah, you're definitely right, and that's the that's I think the precedent specifically with this genre. Uh, for instance, yeah. Heroes of New Earth. I think they they toyed with being a retail package, didn't they, for a while? Yes. Yes. And, for and then eventually. Yeah, and they were eventually like, well, okay, that's not working out so well. we got to go free-to-play like League of Legends. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid for those guys that it's it's getting a little bit late for them. Yeah, I think Dota 2 is just going to stomp them, uh, unfortunately. See, like League of Legends is different enough um, that people play it, but Heroes of New Earth is, is pretty much just a straight-up uh, Dota clone. Right. And you have yeah. to wonder, do games like this, sort of like MMOs, can they sustain just a small population? Uh, w- will one of these fold? You know, will Heroes fold if it if it gets cannibalized by Dota and League of Legends? So we'll see. This should be an interesting space. And we'll see how it shakes out in the future. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but like Rise of the Immortals. You know, I feel bad for those guys. They came in really late and had a pretty low push. 
So when you mention Rise of the Immortals, McMaster, and I hate to say this, but my first reaction is, when is that coming out? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like sort of like when you hear about some movie that you're like, when is that going to start? And someone tells you, oh, that, that came and went two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's down at Redbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I tried it out for a bit, um, and I haven't tried it in a while. I should probably go look at it again because they were supposed to be adding a lot of single-player content. Which I which was interesting, um, but it just kind of I don't know the whole feel of it. I, I wasn't horribly fond of when I did play with it. You know, I love what those guys at Petroglyph, they're the ones that developed Rise of the Immortals, I love what they've done in the past, even though it's been kind of uneven, and I'm really rooting for them when End of Nations comes out, which is their next big thing. Uh, I, I hope that finds an, an audience. I, I hope oh, that does well. Did we see that at E3? Didn't yep. we? They showed it at E3. They should yeah. be doing a bigger PR push starting like in January or so. I think yeah, a beta is starting soon. Um, so we'll see. It's a, it's a bit different. It's more of a conventional uh, RTS than a. Actually, I don't know. Is that a MOBA? I don't. You know what? I, I'm so unclear on. Yeah, you know, I don't think you would call it a MOBA. Genres. It's pretty. It's pretty weird. Like it's, yeah, that's that's as far as yeah. Jamie's right. Genres. We'll just call it pretty weird. I'm definitely down with that. <laughs> So, yeah, all right. So, McMaster, I'm definitely rooting on the, for this Ethan SG fella. So, keep me posted, and uh, I hope that guy gets in soon. Yeah, I might add him to the list just for the cookie. In the meantime, yeah. So, McMaster, if you were to eat a cookie, what what flavor would it be? Uh, I really like white chocolate macadamia. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, you got it wrong. Jamie, what cookie would you eat <laughs> if you were to eat a cookie? Jason took mine. Um, I, oh. Beyond that, you know, if if he ate the last one and there were no more available. Uh, you can't go wrong with the good old-fashioned chocolate chip. Oh, I'm sorry, you got it wrong too. The answer that everyone was looking for: uh, peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good cookie yeah. too. That's and the best. Is, is that the Easy one with the little Hershey's kiss on the top that you know people make around I mean, Christmas time? You yeah. know what? The only the only prerequisite for a good peanut butter cookie is that you do that little crosshatch pattern with a fork on top of oh, it. Oh, that's right? that's the tradition. Oh, a fork. Yeah. God, yeah, I've been doing it wrong. Oh, Jamie, what's going on over there? <laughs> So you're, we're going to send somebody to your house to teach you to play Dota 2 and to teach you how to make peanut butter cookies. <laughs> make me cookies while I'm at it. That's right. It's got to be somebody. Uh, McMaster, who is up next for Post of the Week? Let's go uh, Let's go with Jamie. I, I want to save the suspense on yours. All right. All right. Simmer. So I had originally was going to say uh, just do a thread of the week and just say the Skyrim thread. Uh, That's but, allowed. Uh, That's allowed. Yeah. Too. Well, there's like 80 of them. So <laughs> there is a lot of them, yeah. yeah. So and instead of that, and I'm actually only reading, like, actively reading two of them, um, so I don't feel like I could do it all justice. Um, so the one thread and, and one post in specific that I chose, um, there's a thread called, uh, you know, I'll have to excuse my, my French, but for the, for the sake of accuracy, the awful comics shit thread. And uh, the reason I like this and the reason I get so excited whenever I see that that new posts have been added is that I uh, I was kind of a victim of the 90s comic book superhero comic book scene ah. went through, went through a, fra- a phase you know where I was reading some of those and collecting and and uh, and then finally you know when the whole market imploded in the the mid to late 90s kind of went down with it and called it quits at that point but suffered through a lot of really bad comics and and this thread is nice because it's just sort of a place to to dogpile on really bad comic art and uh, you know people will post screenshots and so forth and and post links to discussions and reviews of just really awful stuff and it, it kind of takes me back and it's kind of kind of therapeutic 
you know, if we can circle back to that. Uh, so, Jamie, and, what uh, what are examples of like really bad comics from the '90s? Like, what are people commiserating about in this thread? Well, a lot of the stuff was, you know, the X Men, which is what I read a lot of back then. Now, why was it no, bad? What, 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 what you're saying this was really bad back then? What made it bad? Well, the main, I remember the main thing that drove me off was that they had so many of these books, and then they got into the habit of doing uh, cross crossover events and stories. So you couldn't just read like one or two of these titles that were the good ones or the better ones. Uh, but in order to sort of keep up, then you had to go and read the ones with the really bad art and the really bad writing. And and I think Marvelous – I haven't read you know comics since since then, but I think Marvel is still doing that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, just the art would be really bad, and you would look at it and kind of say, I can't believe that this is a professional product and that they just got me to pay, like, $2.50 for it, and, and but they did. And, uh, you know, finally, you know, you learn to let go and you learn to just kind of kind of walk away, and at best you can sort of collect trade paperbacks of the good stuff uh, when that market yeah. sort of started you know, to take off. Marvel of the 90s is what made me go to DC and yeah. independent comics. It's like I could follow Batman. You know, like, yeah. It's like Marvel's like, uh, you know, it's not like DC's like not guilty either, but Marvel's like crossovers just started getting ludicrous. It's just yeah. like too much. I uh, I went to Comic-Con down in San Diego one year, uh, actually a couple of years when I was living there, and uh, I went mainly just to sort of for the whole phenomenon and to see a lot of other sure. non, non-comics type of stuff, but I popped into one of the Marvel uh, talks, just like, I wonder what they're up to, and they were talking about this House of M event, and we're going to be uh, crossing over, and, you know, synergy, and, you know, multi-thread titles, and blah, 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 and I kind of looked at that, stood up, <laughs> walked out, and said, okay, I think I, I think I understand the current state of things well enough, and hasn't changed yeah. in the intervening years. So did but, this yeah. cure you? Are you no longer... When's the last time you bought a comic, Jamie? Um, I bought uh, the Walking Dead comics. I've actually... Um, pretty I'm cool. behind on those. But uh, yeah, I was checking out the the trade paperbacks on those and uh, enjoyed those a lot. And that that's about it. I, I Are those considered been... indies, by the way? That's not DC or Marvel, right? Is that Dark no, Horse? No, that's, 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 I'm pretty sure that's Dark Horse. I can check yeah. that. Which is sort of... I guess it used to be indie, but now it's bigger than indie. I guess. Yeah, I mean that's where to. like Predator and all that star. You know, let's see, Walking Dead. Walking Dead is so, but in this image, image. What is image? Is that wow. right? That can't be right, is it? Uh, so in this thread, is it? It's a bunch of people like you, sort of, uh, who've gotten out of the scene and are just recalling how awful it is. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're necessarily all in or out of the scene, but uh, but yeah, just sort of talking about not only old stuff, but you know current stuff as well. And uh, sort of one of my favorite posts that has been done in there was uh, a recently was about this comic called I think Tarot, like as in Tarot card, T A R O T. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I was looking at that. Yeah, yeah. so uh. it, it sort of embodies like the word gratuitous in every sense that you can think of in turn and especially when you're thinking about you know sex violence gore all this sort of stuff and uh poster rasputin posted a screen cap of uh one issue where there's this hero and he's doing kind of the cliched 
pose of holding this uh, this corpse of, of some other superhero, and uh, the corpse is of a woman, and she's been completely burned away, and it's it's a skeleton basically. So you know you see like her skull, and there's half of her arm, and it's all burned down to the bone. You can see her rib cage, except for the one part on the skeleton is her chest, which is still just round. <laughs> yeah. Fleshy, beautiful breasts, you know, completely untouched. And, you know, this just sort of speaks to the pathology of this artist that, like, apparently he cannot draw any kind of female character, even a skeletal one, you know, without an enormous double D size chest. Boom and hoons. Yeah, it's just sort of a, it's just, it's just the perfect example. And every time I look at it, I, I have to giggle. Oh, that is awesome. A skeleton with breasts. That's something yeah. I've, I've never seen that. I, <laughs> uh, all right, so congratulations, by the way, for getting out of the comic scene. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> uh, that has probably saved you enough money where you could probably you could take up smoking if you wanted. Oh, that's a good idea. And then I could quit <laughs> and save more money and maybe find an, another habit. Get back yeah, to the comics. Maybe. The thing is, no. If you you've got like Heroin. a you've got a, a vice budget, you know, and and you don't just you don't you, you never recoup those costs entirely. You just move them onto a different vice. Yeah. So. yeah, I think video games pretty pretty much takes up that slot. I think. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. So, uh, bad comics. Uh, Walking Dead is that that's not still going, is it? Like it did. Yeah. Oh, it is. Comic. It's an yeah. ongoing thing. I I oh. Yeah. yeah, and it is Image, by the way. So. Yeah. Okay. How old is that? Because I remember reading one of those, gosh, years ago, long before six, it was out. Six, seven years. Yeah, it's up there. It's been going for six years? A comic book like that can go for six years? Well, let me see what the issue is, what issue we're on now. Uh, where is it? Uh, the Walking Dead. Most recent issue. Uh, yeah. Well, he's looking at it. Are you guys still watching the TV show, or have you given up on it? I watched most of the first season. I need to finish it. Okay. Yeah, I've I've given up on it in that I don't like it, but I'm still watching it. Okay. <laughs> so I got about the, I got oh. about four episodes in my DVR that are waiting. Oh, oh well, that, in that case, I mean, not to spoil anything, but uh, it, it's worth. It's there, awful. <laughs> no, I agree. It's awful. I agree that it's awful. But Gosh. as far as like the the payoff, I mean, you do get. You do get occasional payoffs, and the most recent payoff was really good. Uh, my beef with it is the rate of exchange for those payoffs. I don't feel is worth it. Okay. Uh, they take way too long to get to places. Yet, you know, th- this stuff could be done in two hours, and they take eight hours for it. And that's what I take issue with. Uh, but you know what? You could do worse uh, with zombie shows. Someone in the comments uh, thread pointed me towards some. It was on like MTV or called like Dead Nation or I forget. It was some like. The idea was that it was like cops meets the supernatural and that there were zombies involved. So pretend that uh, – oh, Dead Valley. Death Valley, I think is what it's called. And the idea is that it's set in the valley of Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley, and it's like cops where a camera crew follows police around. But the conceit is in this version of San Fernando Valley, uh, supernatural stuff has been breaking out. So there's zombies, there's vampires, ghosts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it is awful. <laughs> oh my god. There's the issue. Oh, it was so painful to watch. I got through like one and a half episodes and uh just I, I could not stick with it. So you could do far worse, Jamie, if you wanted to see a zombie show. Um uh, October two thousand three. That's oh, when wow. it first ran. So well over uh eight years. Eight years, yeah. All right, well, good for them. So All right, McMaster, who is up next 
for Post of the Week. You are. All right, so here's the new deal. The Internet, full of posts. There's no reason for uh-huh. us to confine, confine ourselves to quarter to three, uh, the, the message board. Uh, for instance, things posted, <laughs> things posted in the comments section or posts that other people have written. And so here's a post on the front page of quarter to three, my post of the week. Uh, a young lady named Marley has been doing a series. Of, uh, you know what? Here we go. We're going to talk Skyrim. She's been doing right. a series of posts about Skyrim. Yeah. She, she ran for about, I think there were about eight of them, uh, eight to ten. Uh, and her premise starting off was that she hated horses and she was just going to run around and kill horses. Uh, there was a lot of cussing in this. So normally yeah, right. I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to read it out loud without having to bleep myself because I don't tend to cuss in mixed company. But... The, a funny thing happened at the end of Marley's series, and she kind of softened up. So what I'm going to read you guys is her conclusion. This is, If you look at her series as a narrative arc, this is where she ends up. She began as someone who ate, hates horses, and here's the ending uh, of her, her series. Uh, she mentions that she's a little dismayed during some of the conversation trees that she can't be a really bad guy, like you can in, say, a Bioware game. And and then she continues on, uh, even though she can't be a bad guy, quote, I've been delighted by a couple of the quests in Riften, however, particularly the one involving the horse Frost, who I not only stole, but then had a guy pay me to keep because I'm just that terrifying and manipulative. (laughs) Even though it's centered around a horse, I give this quest an A++ for allowing me to feel like a total badass and... Any rumors you hear about me reloading the game because a dragon happened to kill Frost are certainly being taken out of context. I definitely do not like him or stash him out of the way so he won't get hurt if I know someone's going to try to kill me. It's just that if anyone is going to kill him, it's going to be me, okay? Now, excuse me, I need to go find some sugar cubes. (laughs) For tea, shut up. End quote. So that was how Marley ended up with her, uh, her, her game diary. It sounds to me like she's now got a fondness for horses. So she, she had a real growth experience. She, I, <laughs> she came out of this as a different person. You know what? I'm going to take that as an official diagnosis from an industrial organizational <laughs> right. psychologist. Mental health. <laughs> and uh, such. So that was my post of the week, uh, Marley's Skyrim Diary. And for folks listening, by the way, if anyone listening ever has any interest in doing a game diary, Basically, these are the equivalent of forum posts. Just write about a game you're playing. I would love to have you on the front page. Drop me an email at tomchick at quarter to three dot com, and I would love to work something out with you. So, all right. So that's my post of the week, and now we can open the table for Skyrim discussion. (laughs) I was going to say, Mike, just worried about her horse getting hurt. My my horse is a badass. Like he will mess you up. How did that happen? Used to be. Oh, he. I, I saw him kill a dragon once. What? Are you talking yeah. about Shadowmere? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I killed Shadowmere. You did? On accident, yeah. Okay. We fell off of a cliff. We? Yes, yeah. It's like I jumped through this thing and I was like, ah, surely there's something on the other side. There's there's nothing on the <laughs> other side. Space. Yeah, yeah, so he, uh, he's gone. Damn. And you didn't reload. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, the horses in that that game mean business. They will. They do. Shadow mirrors ridiculous. The horses I got just died, and I stopped getting them. I just thought I thought the horses were like a, a lousy money sink, and uh, I had money to spend elsewhere. So I walk everywhere in Skyrim. Yeah, so do I. I, you know, I run, and but the thing is, whenever you quick travel, like 
I'll quick travel to some place and then I'll turn slightly to my right and Shadow Mirror will be like right in my face. Oh god, two inches away every time. <laughs> That's like the King and Burger King. That's scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I have a question. Is there ever – one of the reasons that I hated horses is, you know, I love traveling with a companion. Does your companion ever get a horse or does your companion have to walk beside you every time you get a, you ride a horse somewhere? They always oh. run at me. I've, I've never seen them get a oh. horse or anything. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Am I, is it just me? Does that not look ridiculous? It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Puts them in their place. Yeah. <laughs> Shows them their, where they are in the pecking order of this party. No, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a Shadow mirror. Companion. <laughs> I just always felt a little weird making Lydia like trot along behind me. I, I, you know, it's a big horse. There should be room up here. Hop up uh, or get your own horse. You know, I can afford it. I'll buy you one, Lydia. And no, no such luck. Uh, and I don't feel so bad after the umpteenth time she refused to climb a 45 degree slope and, you know, took the long way around a mountain. Well, that's you shouldn't be crawling up in those areas, Jamie. <laughs> oh, got to see what's there. <laughs> that's, that's true. Bad for you. Uh, so, Jamie, are you over Skyrim? It's not your game of the week you mentioned. Uh, have you put in your time and you're done with it, or are you still plugging I'm, on? I'm still playing. I'm, I think, at 80-something hours, mm-hmm. and uh, which is really rare for me. I, I can't remember the last time that I put that many hours into a single game. Uh, and I'm level 43, 44, or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night, I finally decided to start mainlining the sort of the two main quests. I did the Civil War one. And just blew that out. And at, yeah. at that high level, it was kind of ridiculous because I was basically storming forts by myself and just – Yeah, know, it's pretty fun. Plunking <laughs> away at, at dudes and, and just n- creaming them, knocking them out, no problem. Uh, so those those quests didn't take very long. And and then you know I'd go back to like my general and he'd say, oh, I got a good feeling about you. And I'd say, yeah, it's because I just like killed <laughs> you guys you know, without taking any damage. And he's like, I'd like you to have something special. Take this steel dagger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Look at me. Look, look at what I'm wearing. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the steel dagger and all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, did you choose the Stormcloaks or the Empire? I chose the, uh, the Stormcloaks. Uh, the way I'm kind of role playing, and, and you know, you're talking about your uh, your guest poster saying that doesn't feel like the game can let you be evil, and mm-hmm. hey, I really felt like I am being completely evil. I did the the thieves guild and the dark brotherhood. Uh, well, that's pretty evil, yeah. Yeah, and just just murdering guys just because somebody told me to. You know, just well, that to be fair to Marley, uh, she, she I think she was specifically I may not have made this clear. She was specifically talking about dialogue options. Okay, yeah. Uh, but That's yes, I, you can definitely do evil stuff, but it, it is missing that kind of mass effect. Not like, the do you kids. want the, do you want the no. good? In, right, right. No, of course not. Well, she's not. She's not taking the secret dialogue option. I tried shooting them in the face with an arrow after. <laughs> that is a form of dialogue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> loud. That does, that's definitely a message, yes. So, yeah, I took the uh, the Stormcloaks just because I felt it was a way for me to sort of sow chaos throughout the realm. And, and I was still kind of mad over the near beheading that I had received at the beginning of the game. Man, you hold yeah. a grudge. Yeah, yeah. You hold a grudge for 80 hours? Yeah. I would yeah. think that as a psychologist, you would be able to process that a little better, Jamie. Mental health and such. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I have a question for you. So have you bought any homes in Skyrim? Uh, yeah, I bought a couple. The, the one in um, it's the nearest starting town. Is it White? White, White Run. White Run. And is then, that where – which one do you consider your actual home? Where does your character put his or her head to sleep at night? So it's that one because okay. it's it's got 
it follows the three main rules of real estate. It's just location, location, location. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's right there when you fast travel to Whiterun. It's, it's right there on your right. It's right next door to the, the blacksmith so that I was working on my, my smithing mm. skills. I could go Across grab, from the Fletcher? Yeah, run across <clears> the Fletcher <throat> and stock up on arrows. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just really convenient. And I, I bought one of the other like mansions in one of the other capital cities and, and you, you got to track too far to get to that and, and to any place near it. So, all right, well, uh, Jamie, I have a dilemma that I, that McMaster and I would like to present you with. All right. Uh, we're curious what you would choose. So I want you to presume. So you think of Whiterun as your home. Let's say that, uh, the Jarl of Whiterun, I don't know who it is, uh, I forget the name, let's call him uh, Dag Hammerskold, whatever. Jarl Dag Hammerskold of Whiterun gives you a quest and you Dag. do it. And, yeah, Dag for short. So Dag has done this, he's asked you to do this, you've done it, and he's gonna offer you two rewards. I, I'm gonna mention one of them, McMaster's gonna mention the other, and I'm curious which reward you would accept from Dag Hammerskold on behalf of Whiterun. Would right. you accept the ability? to open a little magical locket and at any time summon a, a wagon full of zombies that would come out and they would help you fight. You know, I like, like where this is going. Okay. A dozen zombies. Just the, the wagon train pulls up. It's pulled by horses. It's like a carriage. The zombie wagon. Up. The zombie wagon. Exactly. A dozen zombies come sure. out. They don't, they don't attack you. Now, they do aggro against neutrals. So I want you to realize, you know, they're kind of hard to control. Right. They, you said zombies, so. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. But they do have friendly fire. They have like an IFF system where they won't attack you personally or your companions. But neutrals they'll attack. Certainly your enemies they'll attack. Uh, and they're just zombies. At any time you want, you can open this locket and summon them. That is my offer to you. Now, do you take this, or do you accept what McMaster is about to offer you? McMaster? Yeah, if, uh, if you take my offer, um, you'll have a garrison of troops show up, or if you like Burt Reynolds. <gasps> wait a minute. Okay. That's, that's dirty pool. What do you mean, wait, Burt wait. Reynolds? Just one Burt Reynolds or a garrison of Burt Reynolds? Uh-huh. Uh, well, I wish it was a garrison of Burt Reynolds, <laughs> but unfortunately, Skyrim does okay. have a Are we talking like Smoking the Bandit Burt Reynolds or Boogie Nights Burt Reynolds? Mm, good question. I don't know. Either one's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to go with Smokey and the Bandit here. Okay, so big hat, mustache, got it. All right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I would shoot Dag in the face with an arrow. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, you still have, by the way, you've shot him in the face with an arrow. Dag Hammerskold is dead, uh, by the way. Nice work. Yeah. Uh, you still, before, while you go on to quest, there's a big old option box. Do you take the zombies from Tom, or do you take the troops and Burt Reynolds from Jason McMaster? Yeah. Um, I think I think zombies are a little played out, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think uh, we've seen them in video games and every other form of media quite a bit. Um, on the other hand, Burt Reynolds is a little played out too, but I think he does have that timeless quality. Um, so I would probably go with the uh, with with the Smoking the Bandit Burt Reynolds. All right, well, yeah, I mean, spell. I'm afraid it's I have a some, no-brainer. Yeah, I have some very bad news for you, Jamie. You do not get a peanut butter cookie today. Damn it! Oh, harsh. <laughs> Tom is a cruel mistress. All right, so just so you know, Jamie, that puts the final tally at this point, three, three to one. Uh, McMaster's in the lead on this whole thing. All right, so, all right. McMaster, what are we discussing next? That's a valid question, and one that deserves an answer. <laughs> and that answer is news. Mm. And um, 
You know, I'm willing to go first, so uh, I'll do that. All right. I have a kind of a little vignette, if you will, of news. Uh, first of all, there was a couple of deaths this week, which are very sad. Uh, the producer Damn. of yeah. DJ Hero, uh, Will Townsend, died in a car wreck uh, on Monday, which is a shame. Will also worked on uh, uh, several other games. Um DJ Hero, several Guitar Hero games, uh, Medal of Honor uh, series. Uh, then also in the Death series, uh, or Death series, series of Death, um, we have uh, programming veteran Carl Wade, Carl Wade from CD Project, uh, which was a guy that uh, was a tool programmer uh, for their design. And he was 40. There's no, uh, there's no real like reason I've read that he passed away. Just that he was 40. I think, and you never know. CD Projekt is they're a bunch of crazy guys. I'm just kidding. I, I doubt that was it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we lost uh, someone from CD Projekt, which is a, it's a damn shame. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird, McMaster. Like, uh, well, not weird. It's it's a natural course of events. But but video gaming at this point is something that's been around long enough that luminaries in the business start mm -hmm. to die. You know, we will start to see sure. obituaries about people from video gaming the same way we do obituaries about people in music or TV or movies. Uh, and you know, we've certainly seen some horrific deaths in terms of car wrecks and. Uh, I think of uh, one of the guys maybe from Company of Heroes, I, I think. But, yeah, like I, I vividly recall reading about when uh, people die prematurely in, in wrecks and stuff, but eventually we'll start yeah. having guys pass away. Danny Bunton, for instance. I, I mean, that, that... Yeah, that's true, Danny. I think that's yeah. the first time I remember like hearing about someone dying who I really cared about in hmm. terms of what they had contributed to video gaming. Uh, well, sure, but, yeah, Danny was like kind of a giant to the... Definitely, At yeah. Beginning of gaming, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, eventually, well, I'm not going to jinx anybody, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say who, do, who do you think that the obituaries are, are already written up on at this point and just sort of sort of waiting? Oh, that's so, that is so dark, Jamie, but I'm, glad you, I'm glad you dark. brought it up. But I'm glad is, you brought is it up. Dennis Dyack a bad one to say? <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. Well, no, you think, about, you think about, like, mainstream media, like... Is there one somewhere for Peter Molyneux and Will Wright and Sid oh, Meier? Like, like those guys aren't that old. Well, no, but well, well, I don't know. what age well, do you? How old is Sid now? I mean, he's got to be kind of getting up there, doesn't he? I don't know. I would have guessed like sixties or so, but yeah. But at what, at what age does someone have to be before a publication starts queuing these things up? I don't know the answer to that, but you know, at some point that's going to happen. There's going to be. Uh, he's he's fifty-seven. Sorry, Sid. So. Right. Oh, poor Sid. <laughs> Jeff Green's older. Hey, there you go. There, there hey, could yeah, be. There's your answer. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I was gonna, yeah, Jeff Green obituaries are here. Terribly dark, but maybe they've got one. <laughs> maybe Kotaku has the Jeff Green obituary queued up just in case. You know, Jeff rides a motorcycle. I hope he's very careful. I hope he wears a helmet. But you know, maybe you should have that ready. God, I feel awful saying that. Thanks for dragging us down that alley, Jamie. Well, yeah, I, I took you just the rest of the way. <laughs> we were already halfway down the alley. Well, so, uh, Jason uh, McMaster, tell us again the names of the two folks who, who passed away. All right. We had Will Townsend, who was producer for DJ Hero and several other games. And we had Carl Wade, who uh, was a senior tools programmer for CD Projekt. And both uh, total bummers. Like, uh, not like anybody, like, yes, finally, you know, <laughs> cheering well, up. 
Uh, Will Townsend and Carl Wade, uh, they're in our thoughts. Uh, condolences to their family members and their coworkers. Uh, and, yeah, so we're sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, McMaster, thanks for bringing us down. Who's going to try to bring us up now? Um, you know what, Tom, why don't you go? I have some very happy news. My happy news is uh, a little bit of DLC, for all intents and purposes, free for a little game called Bastion. Uh, just last night, the developers at Supergiant released, uh, it's free on Steam, it's a dollar on Xbox Live, because freaking Microsoft won't let them give away stuff for free. Yeah. Uh, the downloadable content is basically a couple of new ways to play. You can play what's called a no-sweat mode, where you have unlimited lives, and that lets you just plow through and experience the story. Uh, I, I think it's 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 a fairly easy, forgiving game, but if you're not yeah. to games, you could just turn off the difficulty level by playing this mode and having unlimited continue. Yeah, maybe I let my kids play it or... And you know what? I think it's a very kid-friendly game in ways. Yeah. It has some adulty kind of. It has a lot for adults, but it's a very kid-friendly game. So uh, yeah, you have young daughters who aren't like they can't be out driving or dating boys yet, Jamie. So maybe they could play Bastion in no sweat mode. That would be an acceptable alternative. Yeah. <laughs> As a father, you would take issue with that one. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Yeah. There is also for those of us who want something a little more challenging. There is now a score attack mode where you start at level one, all the stuff is unlocked, so you can configure yourself however you like, and you are rated based on how well you do in battles, and there are leaderboards. So I haven't jumped into it yet, but it's a great excuse to get back into Bastion and play it competitively. There are already leaderboards for these uh, these who-knows-where sequences that are kind of like combat arenas, but now there's a sort of a broader leaderboard for the game at large. Uh, and then finally, uh, speaking of the Who Knows Where sequences, uh, there's a brand new one. Who Knows Where sequences are what they call uh, these, as I said, combat arenas. And there's one for each of the, the main characters in the game where you play and you fight waves of monsters. And between each wave, the voiceover gives you a little bit of information about that character. So it's a way to kind of unlock backstory. It's not like a codex that you read in a Bioware game, or it's not like a book you find in Oblivion. It's the same thing, but it's delivered the same way the content of the rest of the game is delivered, uh, through narration, through little snippets of writing. So as you play through these combat arenas, you unlock more backstory. And the new combat arena is for the narrator himself, the stranger. Uh, and it's a lot longer than the other ones. It gives you more information. It's apparently more difficult. Uh, so it's a little something, uh, a little bit more storytelling at a more challenging difficulty level. So this is now available for Bastion. It's called the Stranger's Dream DLC. Uh, get it for free on Steam or pony up a dollar on Xbox Live for it. Oh, I like the idea of free DLC. That's I haven't seen that in a while. I, th I think yeah, like uh, I, I think that you do sometimes. Like yeah, it's well, it's, it's it depends fair. on. Yeah, it depends on the game. Like, you know, like, I get a lot of Left for, you get a lot of Left for Dead stuff yeah, like that. Sure. It has tons of free DLC. Well, when you think this isn't like that who knows where bit is, I presume, a nice bit of content. And I can tell, by the way, they've done new voice recording for it. They brought in uh, Rats Logan Cunningham, I want to say. I think I've screwed up his name, but they brought in the voice actor to do more lines for it. So in that sense, it's new content. But for the most part, it's just kind of a new way to play the original game. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, it's like a tweak. Like, and, and you know what? At a time when this freaking drives me crazy, uh, Assault Con Ace 
what the heck is it called? Assault Ace Combat Assault Horizons. That that stupid jet arcade game. Those journals, they are they are selling as downloadable content. Uh, basically perks. Like, you know when you play Call of Duty, you slot a perk that gives you some ability in multiplayer games? They are selling perks for Ace Combat. Like, like for, I think for I think for like $3, you can buy a perk where you respawn faster than everyone else. Oh, wow. And is there any oh, way to get that otherwise? No, it's, it's, part of a, it's part of the DLC that you have to buy. Oh, wow. So that's it's not just ridiculous. unlocking something you can normally grind out. It's, right. it's purchasing an advantage. You know what? I'm, I'm assuming, Jamie, because reading the details, it seemed like you either have to buy it individually or in a separate pack, and there was nothing in the little details that said this is something you could normally unlock in the game. So I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think I am, because I've played the game, and I don't think that's in there, but I could be wrong. Uh, here's another example. Freaking uh, Saints Row 3, which I love, they are selling, as downloadable content, uh, cheat codes. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, God, that's so annoying. Uh, so, but yeah, so free, free or next to free DLC is nice. So I want to thank, by the way, I used to have about $50 worth of Microsoft uh, Space Bucks on my Xbox Live account. It got hacked, and some dude bought a whole bunch of stuff. And, uh, FIFA? Uh, you know what? I didn't, I wasn't part of the FIFA thing. He bought, oh, okay. he bought a basketball game. So <laughs> he was, he was into that particular sport. And not NBA Jams? Uh, I think so. you know what I wouldn't. I just know that oh, it was basketball. Hells, yeah. uh, you know what I could go in there and play it because it's on my account now because he bought it and then he downloads it to another 360 and then disconnects it from Xbox Live and, and has it sitting there. So I could play if anybody wants to play me in NBA whatever it's called jams. <laughs> I'll I can take. Play that. I'll take you down. All right, you have to teach me how to play it. But otherwise, come over to my okay. house, show me how to play okay. it. Um, but anyway, he spent all of my gamer score points as best he could, and he left me with 120 points which was just enough to buy the Bastion DLC and have 40 little points left over. So I've got 50 cents left over. I don't know if I can spend that anywhere. But I want to thank the thief for leaving me enough money to buy the Bastion DLC. He knew you were a fan. That's very kind. He actually did buy Bastion. That was I already had it, but I was like, you know what? At least this guy has some taste. Uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of got a confession that, I just don't get Bastion. I, uh, I tried to play it on the PC and, mm-hmm. and played through a fair chunk of it and just never clicked with me. And, I like uh, it. Yeah, and everybody lays out the reasons why they like it, and they make total sense to me, but it's just one of those one of those games where it just never really, never sure. really clicked. Fair yeah. enough. Now, Sometimes now, that happens. Jamie, do you like, like, are you a fan of, like, action RPGs like Diablo and stuff? Like, on that level, sure. it doesn't appeal to you? Uh, it does. I just... I thought the game was just kind of easy and repetitive, and there wasn't enough variation in, in the gameplay. Uh, now, now you to do say, it over and over again. Uh-huh. I liked you, a lot of the artistic touches that right. they added, you know, with the narrator and, and the, I love the, narrator. the voice That's work like, and the sort of the the unconventional way that it unfolded the story around it. But I didn't, I don't know. It seemed a little too indie, a little too sort of we're trying too hard kind of kind of vibe I was getting from it as well. Now, Jamie, indie is not a dirty word. I know you're trying to use it, it as It is. It's <laughs> four letters. No, it's not. It's five. <laughs> uh, so one of the things, like you mentioned, there's not much variation, and I can kind of understand why you might think that, but I think one of the things that Bastion encourages and, and where it gets its variation is in trying and upgrading the different weapons uh, I, I think that for me personally, I love how each weapon had a unique feel. Like, it didn't feel like any of them duplicated the function of other weapons. Uh, it didn't feel like this weapon was just an upgraded version of that weapon. Uh, that, for me, is where I got, I got 
a lot of that early fondness for its variety. Uh, so that worked for me. Um, but do you? Uh, let me also ask you: uh, Are you a fan of like the Zelda games? Um, that, not, that kind of not like particularly. Okay, I mean, I, I, I played what Twilight Princess and the one before it on the GameCube, but uh, I haven't played like yeah, Wind Waker. I haven't played like any of the the handheld ones or the new the new one on the game or well, the Wii. I think it has a lot of that same kind of appeal. That sort of like. Uh, childish, not childish. That sort of childlike Child-like, wonder. Yeah, yeah uh, like there's a sort of a an early Spielbergy sweetness to to the Zelda games, and I think to Bastion. And you know what, Jamie? If your heart is too hard to appreciate that, that's <laughs> fair <is>. enough. <laughs> you know um, what I'll say is like the Zelda games to me, like after Wind Waker, though, really, really kind of. Well, I haven't played like the the newest one, but I really didn't like the Twilight Princess. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm over Zelda. Like, the Zelda games seem, at this point, too formulaic for me. So that was one of the things I really liked about Bastion. It was that vibe, but with a new kind of gameplay. Uh, I did like Wind Waker, though. It was a good game. Yeah, so did I. Wind Waker is pretty cool. Uh, all right, so that's my news of the week. Bastion DLC that I'm guessing Jamie will not be buying. Uh, well, it's free. Why not? <laughs> it's free, right? <laughs> I'm going to download it twice. <laughs> Uh, All right, McMaster, whose news is up next? Well, that only leaves Jamie. Process of elimination. Uh, So my news story is uh, is one of the game announcements that uh, came out, I guess it was earlier this week. Uh, I don't know if this one was leaked leaked ahead of time or not. Uh, The VGA, the Spike VGA Awards, I think was where it came out. And uh, surprisingly, I'm not. It's not the the quote unquote Bioware game, the Generals Two, but uh, mm-hmm. the one that got me more excited was the Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait, I know, right? What? I didn't so, hear that. Yeah, no, it's a it's an HD you know remake of that's going to contain levels and gameplay from the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. I'm and, here. Uh, the reason, I, yeah, the reason I'm looking forward to that is that I've got a lot of nostalgia for those games because they were the ones that sort of brought me into uh, the world of consoles from being just an, almost an exclusive PC gamer. You know, back when those first came out, I played uh-huh. a lot of Tony Hawk One, Two, and Three on the Dreamcast. Oh yeah, those uh, games just, are awesome. Yeah, just an awful lot, and I, you know, I got to where I was really good on on some of those levels and and could uh, literally grind out some some really high scores and keep combos going forever and uh, good soundtrack kind of fun yeah and that was the other thing was that my first sort of experience with a soundtrack in a game that is was like a modern soundtrack you know had had songs that you know were popular at the time or and it exposed me to a lot of different songs I had never heard of like actual uh, music rather than video game music right, right yeah right. exactly yeah licensed tracks CDs. from from these, you know, ska and punk bands, uh, you know, a lot of, I guess, kind of music that the the skater crowd listens to. You know, a word for Bethany. for that music, Jamie. A word you use to describe that music: indie. Indie, yeah, it's precious. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a remastering. Uh, tell me again the full title of it. Tony Hawk, what? Uh, I think it's Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD remake, or maybe it's just Tony's Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD. So it's basically the first few games remade in HD? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, what I've read is that it's a, a selection of levels from the first two games. Okay. So the, the, pl- uh, awesome. the PlayStation version of those games. Right. Um, so 
I guess that leaves some questions open as to which levels uh, we're going to be on there because I think that a lot of people have their favorites and sort of which one of the mechanics is going to be in there because I think two added – was it manuals yeah. uh, as, as a mechanic, which were really useful for keeping your combos strung together and getting the – Right, highest they were linkers, yeah. Uh, so you know, if you go and play the, the levels from the first game, you know, are you going to be able to do manuals on those and then um, – Apparently, it's not going to include any from Tony Hawk 3, which was actually had some of my favorite levels. Ones that Is I that probably... the one that had, like, the smelting area? It was 3, the, the one with that, and, like, the ghost, or the haunted I think, house? And I think that was 2. Was 3 it? had, like, the cruise ship, and Tokyo, and uh, had a... Oh, right, the airport? Level. Had the airport level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of really great ones. Uh, it, and yeah. maybe, maybe they'll release, you know, they'll do 3 and 4 down the line, or maybe yeah. they'll release them as DLC add-ons. And just stop after that. Yeah, no exactly. Actually, if they stop <laughs> three, I would be happy. Four yeah, is where too. it kind of started to unravel for me, and I, I bought four and played it, and I was like, eh, this is just too big. The, the level design is not tight enough, and there's... there. Like, oh, yeah, that's the one that was, like, open world, right? Yeah, well, I think Thug was the first really open world one, and I didn't even oh, play it. Oh, yeah, that was actually... Jam? I don't know. There's, like, a billion of them. Now, Jamie, do we know who's uh, who's developing this? Like, uh, is there a developer's name attached to it? Uh, it's not, of course, it's not Neversoft, who... <laughs> no. Well, that's, I mean, what else is Neversoft doing these days? <laughs> what, making, what is, like, Call of Duty levels or something like that? Are they really? Oh, I didn't know that. One of those games, yeah, they were doing levels. And, the, of course, they were doing the Guitar Hero stuff before that, but... Right. Um, oh, it's... Um, I can't remember the name. It, they're, they're based out of Chicago, uh, the development company, and they've Volition. done it. Yes. No. 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 <laughs> they're. In, I'm pretty sure they're in Chicago, though. So I got that right. And uh, it's not. It's not Midway, obviously, anymore either. Uh, um, Jamie. So then I have a question for you. Uh, have Have you played the skate games that EA released? No, I never played any of those. Because those, I'm afraid, killed. Like I was never any good at Tony Hawk, but I I enjoyed the the design behind it, and I, you know, I could tinker around with them, and then I would hit a a, a wall, and that would be as far as I would ever get. But but the skate games kind of killed Tony Hawk for me, as far as like the way they changed oh, up the vocabulary of how you interact with the skateboard, and the skateboard interacts with the, the levels. Because uh, it was a big improvement? or Yeah, yeah, it was a big improvement. It felt a lot more organic. Uh, it oh, didn't I really feel so like much, skate. Yeah, it didn't really feel so much like scripted moves as it felt like sort of chaining together uh, like animations, kind of. It just felt more organic. That's that's the best way I can now, think Now, I will it. say, I still think there's a place for both. Like Tony Hawk, like the original ones, there's a, there's a certain appeal to playing a level and having a time limit and trying to do as many crazy tricks as you can in that time, you know, in that time limit. Whereas Skate has the appeal of just kind of doing crazy stuff all over the place. And, I mean, this, the skateboard mechanics are certainly really cool in Skate. There's no doubt. Um, well, Skate but. definitely, though, has, like, time arena-based, like, timed challenges where you're trying to oh, do... Oh, sure. Uh, but it wasn't... Uh, yeah, it, it was much more in sort of, like, an open-world context. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so, I, you know what, Jamie? Don't play Skate because it, right. it might ruin the early Tony Hawks for you. Steer clear. Done. Done. <laughs> uh, all right, so those are our news stories of the week. A little, a little sad news. Uh, we've lost some folks in the development world. Yeah, it's uh, terrible about Jeff Green. I was really sad to hear about that. Oh, yeah. How dare you guys? Jeff Green <laughs> is alive and kicking and racing around San Francisco on his motorcycle, making games at PopCap. Actually, is he still at PopCap? Do we know? Yeah, well, he's at EA now that, that they bought PopCap. But 
<laughs> ah, right, right, exactly. PopCap's not even at PopCap anymore. Uh, Tony Hawk game coming up and a little DLC for Bastion. So, McMaster, where does that take us now? That takes us to Games of the Week. Mm. And also, I have a game that I'd like to give away. Let's uh, let's say. Well, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say save it for the end, but uh, yeah, tell us about this. What is this game you'd like to give away, Jason L. McMaster? I'm reviewing the game You Star on MTV, and I also had uh, purchased a copy because I thought my review copy was lost. So they both showed up basically at the same time. And now I have an extra copy of You Star on MTV. You Star on MTV puts you in the TV shows, your favorite TV shows, friend. That's right. You Star on MTV could put you in the role of Snooky. Any member oh, of the. Yeah, I know. Kill me wrong. now. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I'll tell you why I wanted to review this game was they sold me on it at E3 when the dude that was giving me the. Uh, the the tour played Snooky, uh, and he was like this huge like white dude. Uh, it's just like really big, and it, it really amused me at the time. Uh, and then like I got it and I played it a little bit and it amused me. And then I was like, I, I'm done. You know, it, it was roughly like half an hour to an hour of amusement. But um, uh, McMaster Snooky is my favorite character in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> I know, I really yeah, like super is awesome. <laughs> Uh, all right, so McMaster, what do, what do we have? What do folks have to do to win a copy of U Star MTV? Oh, or more to the actually, point, what do I have to do to not win a copy? Yeah, how can we avoid having this sent to our houses, McMaster? Don't enter. Um, Done. I, you know what? Just uh, post your name uh, and tell me. Uh, and this is for the 360, of course. This Connect uh, game. Uh, and tell me why. You want a copy of You Star on MTP, and we'll uh, we'll have us a drawing. All right, so there's the uh, contest in the comments section for uh, this podcast on quarter to three dot com. Uh, post your name; uh, that'll be part of your post, obviously, and uh, tell us why you want this. And it could be foisted upon you by Jason L. McMaster himself. Jason L. McMaster, will you sign this game? Yeah, sure, I'll sign it. All will right. you sign it, Snooky? <laughs> sure, I'll I'll sign it. Whoever you want. Now, uh, just to note, make sure to maybe sign it on a post-it because I'm guessing whoever wins this game might be able, might maybe have in the back of his or her head, hey, I could cash this in for credit at GameStop. Sure, I guess. Think so. <laughs> I mean, I suggest you go to other uh, possibly local trade-in stores, but yes, you feel right. free. All um, right, so that's that's our contest. Uh, McMaster is very kind of you to offer. Uh, and we'll we'll see who wins, and we'll announce it, I guess, on the show next week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, um, also an- another quick note before we get straight to games. Uh, um, actually, no. Let's just get straight to games. Tom, you're up. <laughs> All right, my game of the week is uh, a little thing called. I'm not sure if I like this or I don't like it. This is a game that's hard to play in a long stretch. Like, if you play it for more than a level or two, it starts to really wear. And you think, oh, this is just tedious, and I'm done with it, and it's awful. And then you turn it off. And maybe the next day, maybe two days later, you're like, you know, I could I could boot this up and play this for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to start this up. And then you play it. And if you play longer than maybe 30, 40 minutes, you're like, oh, this is so tedious. I don't like this. I'm going to turn it off. Two days later, there you are again. So, uh it's a game, I don't think you can talk about it without using the word repetitive. Mm. Uh, 
And that's not necessarily a knock because they know what they're doing and they do it well. It's the third in a series. And the name of the game is Serious Sam 3. Uh, ah. Is that, is that still a thing? Serious Sam? You know what, Jamie? It's, I'm, it's exactly my thought. Like, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was getting press releases about it. And I was like, oh, is this like a reissue? Or is it? It's a whole new game with a whole new engine. Uh, and you know what? When I say whole new game, I'm going to put whole new in quotes because for the most part, uh, it's the same. I don't even think there's any new enemies. I could be wrong, but I, for the most part, you're fighting the same enemies in the same locations. It's their whole shtick is basically ancient Egyptian ruins and deserts. They have some sort of like modern day city areas that are kind of Call of Duty ish, but that goes away pretty quickly. Uh, and I don't think I've seen any new monsters. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, that's really wow. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the problems with the game uh, is that, uh, you know, it's obviously from that old school of design like Painkiller and Doom. But what those games, what Painkiller and Doom did, maybe not Doom, what Painkiller did was over the course of playing the game, it would roll out new monsters and new levels. It would have new stuff that it wanted to show you. Yeah. Uh, Serious Sam shows you like the first, all the creatures you're going to see fairly early on, and then you're just left to fight them over and over and over again yeah. in the same kind of arenas. Here it is. Go. I bet there's a lot of screaming. I'm just yeah. guessing. Well, they have those. That's the thing is, if they had only you know those two guys that they're headless guys and they have a bomb in each hand and they run up at you and as they get closer, the the pitch of the scream gets louder and louder. Uh, that's a really brilliant touch. And it's if like, had, it is iconic, absolutely. And if they could just come up with maybe three or four new touches like that, you know, Serious Sam three would be brilliant. Guys, uh, three bombs. There, you know what? Yeah, like a bomb on his crotch. I don't, you know, tucked uh, <laughs> under an arm or something. Yeah, you know, let, let's fix that idea. Yeah, let's, let's put a third one. But just something in that, something cool like that. Uh, and you know, they don't. So it, it's kind of a, a remake in one sense. It is a good-looking new engine, uh, and you still get that sensation of holy cats! I cannot believe they have this many enemies on screen at once. Uh, you know that they kind of that that actually might be the thing they save for the later levels. Is as you get to the later levels, it just gets absolutely freaking insane how many enemies are attacking you at once. And the reason they can do that is because that's also the point where you've unlocked the the better weapons that you can use to to beat them back. Uh, so I've been playing it a fair you know I've, I've played through it. Uh, one of the cool things they do is they let you play the campaign cooperatively. I'm not sure if the previous games allowed that. Um, and that makes a big difference. Like, jack up the difficulty a little bit, jump in there with, you know, up. I think it goes up to 16 players, which is a little silly. Uh, I've got it on five computers here, so the five of us plowing through some of these levels has been uh, enjoyable. Like, it sort of overcomes some of the tedium of the repetitiveness of it to be playing with your friends. They have a really cool mode that I want to call out, in addition to the standard deathmatch and capture the flag, and there's a crazy survival arena where you've got all the weapons and you're just dumped in the middle of a bunch of monsters. I don't care much for that. My, my favorite mode, and I really love that they've done this, it's called, uh, you know what, I have no idea what it's called, hunting or something, but the idea is that you and your buddies are playing the game cooperatively, and as you kill monsters, you get points. Uh, so there's a, sort of this competitive score-based thing going. However, every time you die, you lose a bunch of your points. So in a way, you want to help your buddies kill people. In a way, though, you want them to also get killed themselves. And what happens is every time you get 10,000 points, you earn what's called a license. Whenever you have a license, you can freely kill someone else. You know, normally there's no – you don't get points for killing anyone. There's no friendly fire. Uh, like, a, like a fellow player? Exactly like a fellow. All right. 
and specifically the fellow player in first place. You know, you want to uh, you want to knock his score down. So there's this great sense of okay, we're all we're all together. You know, Jamie, you and me, and McMaster, we're fighting monsters, and then suddenly McMaster's like turning on us, and it's like WTF? What the hell, dude? We're on your team, and it's because he just got enough points to unlock a license, and therefore kill one of us and knock our score down. So uh, can we fight back at that point, or is it just a run for your life kind of scenario? Uh, we cannot. It's a run for your life kind of all scenario. Right. And the thing is, you're never sure when someone has a license, and maybe when you get a license, you might want to save it to attack back in case someone attacks you. <laughs> uh, so there's this great sort of, uh, there's a great tweak there. It reminds me a bit of uh, the multiplayer in Kane and Lynch 2, which I really, really liked, which uh, was everybody banding together, fighting a bunch of like cops or criminals or whatever, and you're collecting money. And there was a little dynamic where you could maybe turn against someone else to try to keep more of the money for yourself. Uh, there were really cool gameplay mechanics in Kane and Lynch 2 that were like that. And this mode... Bad, man. Bad, bad man. You could, uh, yeah, definitely uh, is a perfect game for a little co-op betrayal. And there's a little bit of element of that in this mode in Serious Sam 3, which which I've quite enjoyed. We were playing uh, one night. I had it set up for uh, five players. Uh, somebody was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go get a beer or whatever. He got up and left, logged out. So he had an extra slot. Some random guy from the Internet jumped in. <laughs> he was like, he had no idea about how the mode worked. And he was typing in, uh, why are you killing me? Uh, you know, how do I, what, how does this mode work? And we were like, oh, this guy's going to be the dupe. You know, he's not going to, poor guy, we'll just let him keep playing with us. And he ended up beating all of us. It was one of those things where we're all casual players and some really good guy from the internet jumps in and ruins the game for everyone else. Uh, without even knowing how it worked, he beat all of us. Uh, very humiliating. That guy's a jerk. Uh, if you're listening, I don't remember your name, but if you're listening, stay out of my games of Serious Sam 3. So, jerk. I, I'm so sorry, Tom. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. That's why I had you here today, Jimmy, to out you. You've been busted. It's like that Phil Collins song, you know, the urban legend about uh, in the air tonight about him. Never mind. <laughs> what? I have no idea where that was going, to Master. When you said Phil Collins song, I immediately thought Mama. Uh, Jamie, Jamie, what does that say about me? Uh, mental health. Okay. It so there's, there's my game of the week. So has either of you played Serious Sam 3 besides Jamie? No, <laughs> no, no, I actually haven't. I, and I, I played and enjoyed the first the first one a lot, but never went back yeah. to it. No, Wait, I haven't played it. You know what, Jamie, you say you played and enjoyed the first one a lot, so in a way, yes, you have played Serious Sam 3. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, McMaster, who's next? Well, you know what, I'll, uh, Jamie, won't you go? All right. Uh, so, Tom, a minute ago when you uh, when you did your little uh, introduction to your game, I had a moment of panic because uh, ah. you, you're you're talking about a a game that's sort of a third in a series and it's very repetitive and you feel like you know, gosh, I've I've been here, done this, uh, but you keep going back to it and you still sort of are having fun despite yourself. And I thought you had taken my game, uh, but it turns out that uh, my game of the week is Assassin's Creed Revelations. Um, which hits, hits on a lot of the same sort of notes, but uh, in some pretty different ways. And uh, uh, I bought the game. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it when it came out. Bought it on, on day one. You know, went out on my lunch break, picked it up, played it that night. Um, big fan of the series. Played them all. Um, played the heck out of uh, Assassin's Creed 2. It's one of the few games that I've ever gotten like the full 100% and 1,000 gamer score. Mm-hmm. And there's there's literally just like two or three other games that I've done that for, and I uh, had a lot of fun with Brotherhood as well. 
And uh, I, I got a dog earlier this year, and I actually named the dog Ezio. <laughs> so. I can't, hey, there you go. You know what, Jamie? I can't decide if that is pathetic <laughs> no, or awesome. awesome. It is awesome. awesome. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think I'm, it's well, equal measures both. Three, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's great because, you know, whenever I'm out walking him and somebody, you know, one of my neighbors says, oh, you know, new dog, what's his name? I say, oh, he's it's Ezio. And they say, Ezo, Ezo, Ezio? No, Ezio. So we have this this five-minute exchange with them walking away, you know, just sort of shaking their head. And usually I say, it's Italian. And sometimes that's enough to end the conversation. But then they'll sometimes they'll come back with, it's Italian for what? And at that point. I, you know, it's, 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 it's an Italian for yeah. <laughs> it's, it's How do you just, respond to that? It's Italian for the name of a character in a video game that I play. Yeah, and it, that's usually like if I want the conversation to end, that's the explanation I give. And at that point, they say, "Well, it was nice talking to you," <laughs> and, and they walk on. But so uh, curiosity, Jamie, before you move on, what kind of I'm trying to get a visual here. What kind of dog is Ezio? Uh, he's a mutt. We got him from a rescue place, but his uh, the mother was a beagle. And uh, they weren't sure about the father, the dogs being the way they are, I guess. Um, but he's, uh, you know, small is about 30, between 30 and 35 pounds, short okay. brown hair. You know, good-looking dog. If you go into the uh, post your pet thread on ah. quarter to three forums, uh, look back around when would have been like April or uh, late April, I posted some pictures of him. So Now, Jamie, really on, the, on the forum, when you posted pictures on the forum, were you rightly ridiculed for naming your dog Ezio? People thought it was great. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of preaching to the choir there. <laughs> uh, you know, not not exactly my uh, my neighbors and and, uh, and other folks. So it's probably the one the one place that I could go and and I wouldn't have to explain my choice. But uh, but Ezio's a good dog. He's, good, uh, good. Yeah, we're having fun with him. So named my dog after the main character in the last three games. Uh, big fan and. Uh, I still like the game a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, finished the single-player campaign in its entirety. Revelations, uh, you mean? We're on to Revelations? Yeah, Revelations. Okay. Um, uh, but still a disappointing game in a lot of ways, and it's sort of one of those games where you know you set it down after you're, after you're done with it or you know after hitting a big milestone like finishing the single-player, and you say, well, that was pretty good. I, you know, I had some problems, and, but it was still pretty good overall. And then a week later, maybe you're talking to somebody about it, and you're thinking... Man, those problems were a big, a lot bigger than I had originally thought or decided. Mm. And sort of the more time that goes by, the more the more critical you feel about it. But you know, can't deny that everything that is fun about the Assassin's Creed's games was still fun about Revelations. I mean, the the traversal, you know, climbing buildings and jumping down on dudes and stabbing them in the neck and uh, you know, stalking your opponents and all that stuff's great. Um, the animation is still some of the best that I've seen in those types of games ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat is, uh, they've continued to refine and improve it. Um, it's real, really smooth and you have lots of options. Uh, I still love the, the poke assassins, you know, that you can call out of nowhere. Uh, like you're throwing out a Pokemon ball and they'll, they'll jump out <laughs> and mur- murder everybody in sight. And that's still oh, incredibly yeah. satisfying. And uh, you know, it's still got great production values, and I still like uh, Ezio as a character, and that whole world, and assassins versus Templars, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, it's still great, so I, I think I still had fun with the game, and I don't regret playing it by any measure. But um, it definitely is starting to show signs of stress in terms of the the annualization of that that game right. series, that right. that property. You know, they're they putting one out. 
every year, I think, for the last three years. Is that right? I know there was one about a year between Brother uh, 2 and Brotherhood and another year between Brotherhood and, and Revelations. Um, and you can just sort of tell that they they cut some corners, they reduced the scope of the game in, in, in several ways, and they added some brand-new systems that I think that if they had had another year – or even another six months to work on it that they might have reevaluated and 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 took out or decided not to put in or, or reworked entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it really is sort of showing the rush in, in well, a let, lot of ways. Let's get down to some brass tacks here. I want to ask you some hard questions, Jamie. All right, fire away. Uh, how did you feel about Istanbul as a place? Like, did I it feel like? Go ahead. I didn't like it. Yep. Um, I felt. It was just not nearly as interesting as uh, Rome and, and the other parts of Italy that you went to in the previous games. Um, it's just not geographic, or uh, not geographically, but the you know the the types of buildings and the architecture that you encounter. It's like there's the dock areas, there's the market areas, and then there's right. the areas that aren't the dock or the market, and, and right. that's like the rest of the game. Whereas in like. Uh, Brotherhood, you know, you had these wide open spaces in the outskirts of Rome, and you had like the Colosseum, and you had right. you know, ruins, and you could ride a horse, which they took out for Revelations uh, because the the environments you were in sort of didn't lend themselves to that. Um, I thought Rome and Italy were just a lot more a lot more interesting and a lot neater to explore and to see. And I kind of you know I was talking to somebody about this uh, before. And I wonder if how much of that might be just because, you know, I'm a Westerner, and so I find, you know, that setting more interesting than something, in, you know, in the Middle East like Istanbul. Well, I uh, think to, on the contrary, the the problem is that they didn't. You know, I would think if you go to Istanbul, you have so many opportunities for different senses of architecture, a, a different mm-hmm. sense of place, and it just felt like slightly repurposed assets from Venice and Rome. It's uh, a palette swap, basically. Exactly, and that's a that's a horrible thing to do. You know, if you're going to go to an exotic new location, and they even kind of lay it out early on, like it's of course the crossroads between east and west, and uh, you know, there's the river running through it, and you take the ferry across it. I mean, they've got this great opportunity to really do cool things, and it did feel like, as you said a palette swap and I was just so bitterly disappointed that uh, that it did feel like you know like annualization you use that word also and I think it's a perfect description and even the citizens of Istanbul that are walking around they're they're doing the exact same things that the people for the most part in in Rome were doing and you know it's like now we have we don't have the courtesans anymore we have the Roma or the gypsies <laughs> and I don't know who they're thinking they're fooling God. You know, <laughs> with that but they're clear I mean Mechanically, they work the same exact way. They're, you know, everything's not different. And there's a thieves guild, you know, in right, Istanbul, right. which works exactly the same. I was early on kind of intrigued by this idea of the difference between the uh, the Ottoman guards and the uh, the ones in league with the Templars. I forgot what they call them. Uh, but there was this idea that there were two different factions running the city. Yeah. Uh, and it, nothing much came of that. Uh, but what I, what I was most disappointed with, and you talk about systems that could have used more work, you know, having played games this year, like like Saints Row, well, you know, Bat- Batman Arkham City comes to mind, where all of the upgrades you get, like all the devices you get in there, feel really integrated well into the narrative, into the gameplay. Like that kind of sets the bar for me. So that when Assassin's Creed Revelations introduces things like the parachute and the grenades and does nothing with them, like, I yeah. feel like I did never, I never, the grenades, 
never felt useful. It's sort of like I don't want to bother with crafting this junk. I'm not even going to do it. If you're going to put a system like that in there without somehow building the game around it and making it feel useful, uh, I was so disappointed in that. It's basically a bullet point, I think, that they're like, well, we need some new systems, so let's put in the the bomb crafting stuff. and The parachute stuff was actually in Brotherhood uh, when that was introduced. But, yeah, the bombs are just... I used them a few times to clear out those little bunkers of riflemen around right. some some of the the not Borgia towers that uh, that you're supposed to take over the the Templar dens. Right, um, they're useful for that. And beyond that, it was just sort of fun. Like, okay, let's make a bomb that explodes money and see what happens. Um, but the thing that annoyed me there was that. It's integration. Otherwise, the whole crafting thing was so invasive. Like there were chests full of bomb materials, like everywhere, and you would get them off corpses, and you would get them for out of the Mediterranean (laughs) defense mini game. And and it's like I don't want all this stuff. I don't use these things, but it's constantly throwing them in my face. So you're looting you're looting guards for sulfur and impact fuses. (laughs) This guy's got a quart of lamb's blood on him for some reason. I'm not sure what he was going to do with that. But well, and along the same lines, Jamie, I hated how there would be chests literally in yeah. the, almost in the middle of the street, not in the middle, but off to the side. Like what, in in, a, in the previous Assassin's Creed, I got the sense that they at least hid them on balconies, or I had to mm-hmm. climb up and find them, or they'd be in closed off courtyards. Here, they're literally in in this uh, you know a big old crowded square, and there's like a chest, and there's people yep. standing around in front of it, and I walk over and loot it, like because. Well, they know better, the other people. They know that it just contains some pyrite and, <laughs> they and Arabian gunpowder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who needs that? What is this crazy guy opening all these chests? He must uh, be new in town. I was really, really disappointed that even though the Polka Assassins, and that's cute that you call it that, even though that, that was a cool feature, as near as I could tell, no change from the previous game, with the exception of this busy work about, yeah. you know, once you reduce Templar control in another city, then you build up assassin control. I hated the interface for that. I hated how little payoff there was for that. Best, yeah. uh, God, I was just, you know, because that was a great idea in the last game. And you know what? I was hoping they would sort of make that fit more and have more of a payoff and be worth my time more. Yeah, uh, one of the things they did that I really liked along those lines was the Master Assassin missions. Did you ever do any of those? Yes, yeah, yeah, um, sure. I like that, that you know you would have this person that you had sort of groomed and then you would take them on these special little missions and half the time they would they would screw up really badly and then like Ezio would chew them out, you know, like, ah, you killed the wrong guy or you let this person go or whatever. And I think it, it kind of gave a nice sense of like Okay, he actually does have like you know a group of of people that he's training and that he's working with, and these are actual other characters, you know, in the game. Right. Uh, so I wish there there would have been more stuff along those lines. And I like yeah, like the, there's a there's a for each named assassin you get, there's a little quest you do to recruit them. Like I like that sense of backstory. Like here's how this person joined my team. Uh, so. That was a little better, but then you're just sitting around on missions. Uh, you know, and they even – they toy with this idea like certain missions required certain weapons. I like that idea, but they just didn't it was do annoying, it. annoying, actually. Why can't yeah. I click on this guy? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So and screw it. I'm not going to do missions that require weapons. There's no point for me to. I'll just do the missions that anybody can do. Uh, yeah, it was so easy. There were so many to choose from. You never had to right. make strategic decisions about who to send on what. Uh, how did you feel about those tower defense bits? Second worst part of the game. God, uh, I was I was so excited to hear that, and <laughs> and to, actually to see it like early on when it started, I was like, oh cool, I get to do tower defense. And then with each successive mission, I think after three of them, I totally gave up hope on this ever being anything but wretched. Uh, yeah. 
God, I hate it. So, so you say the second worst part of the game? Yeah, yeah. I, the, the tower fence stuff was just. I, I have no idea why it's in there. The, the interface was bad. I did right. one or two of them and then said, okay, I'm just going to bribe uh, right. the, the Barkers. What do you call those guys? The, the public. The Heralds. Guys, I'm gonna, Herald, I'm, yeah. right. I'm going to make sure I never let that bar get up high enough to besiege I, one of my dens. Yeah. I bought like a few Heralds, like got some yachts out of their dealings <laughs> with me because I was just keep constant flow of money and money was never a problem once you right. got enough properties going. And, and I was kind of early on when I saw the tower defense stuff and was excited about it. I was like, Oh, well rats, what if I want to just play this for fun? Why do I have to let my wanted level build up? That's terrible. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So you say that was the second worst part of the game. What would you call the first worst part of the game? Uh, the Desmond sequences. Oh, Tron. So, and- yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the previous games, you know, at least, oh, man. Yeah, nobody likes Desmond. I, I don't. I don't. No, he's not. He's not fun to play. I didn't Des- name my dog Desmond. <laughs> uh, you know, if I could write a letter to Desmond, it would start and end with "No one loves you. Go away." Because uh, he's never been well used in the games, but at least in the previous games, he was basically there as, as basically like cutscenes, right, where you right. would get some contextual information about modern day. Um, status of the the Templar versus assassins or Abstergo versus assassins uh, conflict and sort of what was going on and it provided that kind of neat wrapper you know the sci-fi wrapper around the whole thing and and sort of reminded you why everything was white and glowy you know within the world of the game Um, but in Revelations again probably because they didn't have the budget or time to to do a lot of that stuff they they did these uh you know he's on he's on this island and he's stuck on this island which is basically like i don't know like the memory you know the ram for the the animus or well, sort that of they like actually, area and that they actually call it Jamie Animus Island yeah so he's oh. stuck there with with the the remnants of the crazy 13 i think it is one of the previous patients and, yeah 13 is the one that left all the messages yeah, so he can go into these little gateways and go through these little sequences where it's sort of a cross between like Minecraft and Tetris, where you like walk around like reverse Minecraft and Tetris, where you you walk around, and you drop these blocks, these these white glowing blocks, and you can either drop like a flat block or uh, an inclined wedge that you can walk up, and you have to do that to like navigate these environments, and they start throwing things at you where the blocks will start to move or drop or disappear. And you'll fall to your to your death, except you don't die. You just immediately respawn. And and the whole time that you're doing this, Desmond is like boring you to tears with the story of how he ran away from home and like hitchhiked a ride and you know got a job as a bartender and how his life how he's got all these daddy issues, right? I mean, talk about mental health uh, with his parents and and at which, by the way, telegraphs like one of the big reveals towards the end of the game uh, as well, but. Just really poorly done. Just not any fun at all. And it's basically like a punishment for unlocking these sequences because they're gated behind finding these animus fragments, which are scattered throughout the environment. And it's like, you know, I'd I'd pick up like every 10 animus fragments. It would say, like, you've unlocked a new Desmond sequence. Press, you know, 
menu or whatever to return to Animus Island. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. You know, it's like a punishment for doing this sort of stuff. It's sort of like eventually you start to see those things around in the world and you steer clear of them. Like, I don't want, yeah. I don't, I don't want to collect that collectible. Get it away no, from me. <laughs> don't anywhere near that. Uh, you know, another problem with Desmond is it's, it's Nolan North as a voice actor who does yeah. Nathan Drake, who's, who's normally very good. But, I, I, you know, Desmond looks like such a tool, that character model. Yeah. And I yeah. so hate the character. And I so hate that he's got Nathan Drake's voice. I mean, everything about Desmond I just think is so ill-conceived. Um, I, I, yeah, and I don't want to listen to his life story, uh, and I certainly don't want to play those Tron levels. Uh, it's just painful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, I, I didn't finish them all. And like I said, this, this series of games that I had been fairly compulsive in 2 and, and Brotherhood, I had done like all the single-player collection stuff, every single thing. Well, I remember being so intrigued. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, in this one, I said I played like the third or fourth Desmond sequence, and I said, nope. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. I don't. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care where it's going. But but I remember being so intrigued, Jamie. In I think it was Brotherhood, where you get those little snippets of footage by finding yeah. the by finding the little emblems on these uh, on these landmarks that you climb around on, and it does a couple of great things. It, it encourages you to sort of explore the architecture uh, of these great places, and maybe even be curious about what they are and why they're there, and maybe read the entries about them, and then you would. St- chained together almost like this is a pruder film of of what happened you know way back when to sort of set these events into motion i loved that and the fact that this desmond stuff is supposed to be the counterpart for for that kind of gameplay is just so disappointing to me yeah there's nothing nothing like that in the game yeah yeah i really uh i really like the story for assassin's creed but i have not played revelations yet well you need to have it well, you should get on that, McMaster, and uh, play those Desmond Tron levels and yeah. tell me and Jamie what happens, because we're certainly not going to play them. Yeah, it doesn't really move the whole narrative forward much. I mean, not not much is revealed, despite the name <laughs> of the game. But, and, and you know what, though, Jamie, I want to say, that is kind of par for the course for an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> but the previous two did manage to do more than Revelations does. I mean, it, it literally really? does. Yeah, it doesn't do very much at all. You get some some kind of cool stuff about Altair and Ezio and sort of some nice story beats between those two, and you get to do some flashbacks where it's like Ezio is playing as Altair and you're playing, or Desmond is playing as Ezio and you, the player, is playing as Desmond. So you're like, you know, you're like five levels deep at this point into this, you know, (laughs) whatever this this uh, conceit, this fiction. Um, and some of that stuff is kind of cool, but the Altair stuff is really limited. I mean, you're not not doing a whole lot beyond yeah. just a few highly scripted yeah. air I hits. Ha- and I hated those. I hated those with a passion, Jamie. I just when, when an Assassin's Creed game starts just shunting me down a corridor to fight a bunch of dudes, I, it just loses my interest. That's just not what I like about those games. Yeah, or even uh, worse, takes your weapons away and then asks you to walk down a corridor full of dudes and, yeah. and get uh, past them. Uh, so, okay, well, that leaves one thing, Jamie. Uh, I am a huge fan of the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Should I get Assassin's Creed Revelations? <laughs> uh, I was worried you were going to ask about that. I haven't played much of the, the multiplayer. Um, for it, the for Brotherhood, I, uh, I tried to play it, and something weird was going on with the servers, and the few nights that I tried it, it said, servers are down, try again. And so uh, I said, okay, and then I never did. And then with this one, I finished the single player. Thought, okay, I'm going to try multiplayer because everybody says it's great. Tom Chick says it's fantastic. Um, and then, oh look, Skyrim arrived in the mail. <laughs> so you're blaming Bethesda? Yeah, essentially. It was like with everything else. Uh, 
To and be fair, though, it's it is a really it's a it's a very weird, different kind of experience in the single player. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a self-contained thing, and there's really not. You know, there, there's nothing in Revelations that changes it substantially from Brotherhood. Uh, no. Like, I, I don't feel that that's much of an added value in Revelations. You know, there's some new little powers you can equip and, you know, new maps, but what, but whatever. Um, so I went through the training areas last uh-huh. night just to kind of give it a shot. And I, I don't know. I needed to try to spend some more time with it. I couldn't really tell what was going on. i just walking around. People are shanking me from out of nowhere, and I'm dead. And I try to kill somebody, and it says, don't still kill civilians. And <laughs> So did you did – you, because what it does is it shows you some tutorials, and then it kind of stealths you into a multiplayer mission. Yeah, no, like that, It's that not really cool. clear. Yeah, I like that because a lot of times I'll do tutorials, and I'll maybe want to play against bots, and then I'll be a little fearful of against playing against other players. I'm not quite ready to make that jump. It's not real clear about telling you, you know what, we're going to put you in with actual players now. It's kind of a little confusing. Like, wait a minute, are these bots? Are these players? What's going on? Uh, so I, I like how it tricks you into playing multiplayer. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to try it some more. So if you see me on there and you want to you want to walk me through it, feel free to send me an invite. You know, I, I would I would definitely like to. It's a it's a really cool. It, it, here's here's the thing I would say about Assassin's Creed multiplayer. There's nothing else like it, and you yeah. can't you can't really say yeah. that about many multiplayer games. Yeah, actually, I really, I really like Brotherhoods. Are you saying it's just the same? Yeah, yeah. They oh, add, okay. It's yeah. new maps, and I think there's some new like up. You know, you as you go up in levels, you get new powers you can slot for the oh, bumpers, yeah. uh, for your your bumper triggers on the controller. Uh, so there's, I think, some of those are new. Of course, new character models. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, it's the same gameplay. Mm. Uh, whoever it was that I was playing with must have had the kill Jamie repeatedly power <laughs> that, you know, firmly in place. That unlocks at level 10. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Looking forward right. to that. So uh, Assassin's Creed Revelation, your game of the week. And Jamie, kudos, by the way, for appreciating that a game of the week doesn't have to mean it's the best thing you've played. All so, right. Thanks for telling us about Assassin's Creed Revelation. So, gosh, I guess we're done, aren't we, McMaster? Well, yeah, it's down to me. <laughs> Down to me. <sighs> but, you know, uh, I would talk about Dota 2. Nobody wants to hear about that. So, I'm going to save that one. We're saving it. Putting it on the back burner. Still. Um, so, that leaves me with uh, either Star Wars The Old Republic, Modern Warfare 3, or I did play a touch of Diablo 3. So, Tom, which do you, you want? Let's take a <laughs> let's take a vote. I want to take a vote here. Uh, let's which, see. I uh, ha- haven't you picked Modern Warfare three at some point? You've never. I don't think so. No, you did. Right. Well, I, I would were, pick. You had a love affair with it. That's true. It's, it's ongoing. I still play that little siege mode from time to time. I'm gonna guess. I, I'd like to hear about your experiences with Star Wars: The Old Republic. That oh. gets my vote as well. Yeah. So it's it's unanimous, McMaster. You have a mandate. All right, all right. So far, uh, I'm pretty impressed with Star Wars The Old Republic. I know, uh, Tom, you and I have talked about it some. Are, are you willing to share your feelings? Well, I'm not. <laughs> you, that's a Star Wars reference. Very good, McMaster. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of it. It, it to me, is very much, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate the Bioware touches, but they don't personally work for me. And otherwise, it feels like a very typical MMO model. Uh, I got to play a little bit of it during the beta, and I would play the release just to hang out with you, McMaster, but if it were, if it were up to me, I, w- I wouldn't jump in for any reason that's gameplay-oriented. If I play it, it will strictly be for social reasons. 
So I'm not a fan, but I know you really like it, and I want to hear why. So real quick, though, before we go to you, McMaster, Jamie, have you played this at all? Do you know much about it? You're talking about the Star Wars MMO, right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I have not been following it. I wrote it off a while ago. Uh, MMOs are kind of dangerous for me. I lost a a good chunk of my life to World of Warcraft, so I'm not quite sure I'm I'm ready to go back in. All right. So uh, I'll – yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you what the appeal of it is to me, and I, I'm, I'm totally over World of Warcraft. I think. I mean, I've played it for years, and I, I'm just, you know, I, I think every time I, I resubscribe or I play for a little bit, I think the the hold gets weaker and weaker and weaker, just because it just kind of, I don't know. I think I'm done. Um, but this game offers a really interesting single player. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, World of Warcraft kind of got to uh, one way or another, but just the, I mean, the were you a fan of Knights of the Old Republic? I was, yeah. Oh yeah, well, I know Tom hates Star Wars like a jerk. <laughs> But, but no, this I, is this is pre Star Wars. It's even pre prequel Star Wars. So this is before Star Wars sucked. Right, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I always viewed it, too. You know, it's not really like Star Wars as I associate it, you know, from my childhood. It's Star Wars as a universe that they've used to create something in outside of what they've destroyed in the mainstream. But it's so, still got, you know, your Jedis, your bounty hunters, right. your lightsabers, and, your force. And that's really all you need, honestly. I mean, do you need anything more than lightsabers and the Force? I mean, it's just awesome, you know. I mean, you got swaggering smugglers and bounty hunters, you know. I mean, so is everybody playing as a Jedi in the game, or no? You have uh, multiple uh, classes to choose from. Right? Is anybody thing. choosing anything else but a Jedi? Oh, sure. And the okay. reason being is uh, each class has a, like very specific single-player storyline quests associated with them that makes them different from the other classes. Hmm. So, say for instance, I play through for quite some time as like a Sith warrior. I can go back and play like a Sith Inquisitor or a bounty hunter or something like that. Now, the Sith Inquisitor would have some a bit of a little bit of crossover, as with the Jedi Knight and Counselor because they're on the same world. Um, so you'll get like some of the same like uh, non-class specific quests, but um, you do have like very uh, specific instanced uh, single like uh, player areas that uh, play out just like Knights of the Old Republic. Um, And really, if you think about it, um, in those games, you're kind of just running around like a, a, you know, simulated world, you know, getting into fights and gathering things and talking to people. And that's kind of the same thing you're doing in an MMO. You know, I mean, of the same type. So it really is just kind of like multiplayer Knights of the Old Republic is what it feels like to me. Here's sort of my issue, McMaster, that part of why it, it, it starts to lose its gloss for me the more I play it, is I feel like it's it's driven so predominantly by what you might call the vocabulary of MMOs. Yeah. In in that wherever you go, basically all you're gonna have to all you're gonna do is either kill things or gather doodads and then go turn them into the quest vendor. And even though I feel like, you know, they, they put you through these cut scenes and there's a lot of backstory and you know, people talk about you know, uh, revenge and betrayal and, and the force and stuff like that. But I feel that ultimately, interaction with the world all comes down to that MMO vocabulary. I go here, I kill 20 of these things, and I pick up 20 midichlorian containers or whatever. Uh, yeah, and I remember in KOTOR having to collect like 10 womp rat noses and turn right. them into somebody. So, yeah. You know, 
so that's that's what what starts to wear thin for me. So I, you know, I'm excited about playing an Imperial agent. That seems like a great idea. You roll up a character and you're working in their little espionage missions and you're you're putting down rebellions and then whatnot. Uh, and there's even storylines where you pick a dark side or a light side choice and you can decide whether or not to like kill an informant or or let him go. But in the end, it all comes down to doing that same MMO stuff. And, you know, as I see these cutscenes and, and I'm watching the, the wind-up for the different missions, it just always feels like a letdown when it's go here and kill these five droids or go into this instance and bring me back ten foozles. Uh, so that just kind of kills it for me, even though I appreciate some of the new stuff they're doing. Just the, the basic moment-to-moment gameplay just feels like so familiar and played out for me. So do you think that might be due partly to being in a tutorial area, basically, like a beginner area? Does that stuff sort of fall aside once you get further into the game? That's a very good question, and I don't – I'm going to guess no. Uh, I've gotten up, a safe bet, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten up into level the 20, levels of 20, and I guess the next milestone is you get a little vehicle like a speeder at level 25. You get your starship at 10. Uh, you unlock a new kind of like class special, specialization at 10, and you've got the skill tree. Right. But looking at the skill tree, I don't really see the mechanics changing much. And you know what? Not to say that's necessarily a bad thing. In a way, it's a very safe design. You know, this is yeah. a proven model, and certainly people who dig WoW will dig it with a Star Wars skin. Yeah, but on the other hand, there's been a lot of other would-be WoW killers that have used the same design and not done too well. Right. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, I I think your biggest appeal is, honestly, the Bioware uh, uh, slant to it. Right. I mean, honestly, I I think that's more of their sell than a a WoW killer. I don't think there's going to be a WoW killer. I think WoW is going to kill itself. Uh, well, speaking of WoW killers, I was elated to see that Guild Wars 2 is finally going to be beta testing soon. Wow, nice. Maybe <laughs> we can get into that. That's what I'm looking forward to. But Yeah, so, but, I, I really am too. Yeah. But McMaster, you're digging uh, Old Republic. Uh, yeah. what, what, what character are you playing? What are you? Um, the first character I'm playing uh, is a Sith Inquisitor. And what is his or her name? A dude or a chick? It's a dude, and his name is Reggie. <laughs> How ominous sounding! But, yeah, the Do bonus. Not mess with a guy named Reggie. The bonus of getting into uh, the early access is I got to reserve some names that I'm very pleased with, such as Cuddles, Rainbow, Reggie, Willie, Rick, <laughs> so I could have a Darth Rick or a Darth Cuddles. That's awesome. Darth now, McMaster, what race is Darth Reggie? Sith. No, that's not. You're doing it wrong. You tried to do that. That's not a race. You tried to do that the other week, and I called you out, and you still haven't learned the error of your ways. That's not a race. You're either a Zabrak, a human, a cyborg, or a something else. I think there's a four. How dare you? <laughs> do you question my knowledge of the canon? Uh, I, I I just I, I feel so embarrassed that I'm out Star Warsing you, McMaster. That's just not something I ever aspire to do in life. <laughs> I'm uh, I, you know I'm so embarrassed that I'm not going to say I'm out Star Warsing you, though I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? Star Wars. <laughs> that, that's how cool I am. Sith is not a race. Ugh. Uh, so okay. Anyway, you are uh, you are also the founding yeah. member of our uh, I guess the official <laughs> Sith Guild for quarter to three, right? Yeah, the Threeville. 
Okay. And, Very uh, nice. Uh, I kind of, in a way, regret that name now. Uh, I wanted to make it QT3VIL, and they wouldn't take that name, so I made it Threevil. And then, really, it's not that evil sounding. I mean, I know it has evil in there, but what the hell does the three mean? You know, I mean, it sort of sounds like something you'd find crawling around in your flower if you let it go too long. That's right. We were infested with Threevils. Threevils. Uh, and also, McMaster, I, I hate to tell you this, because you know what? You're a friend of mine, but so is Rasputin. But I feel like their guild has a far cooler name. They're the, the Royal Tatooine Navy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they certainly do have a cooler name. But you know what? We're we're evil. That's true. They're, yeah, they're the good guys. By by default, our guild is cool. And I say our yeah. guild. I'm, I'm not even in a guild yet. So uh, You will be. So, Jamie, if you were to you play Star will. Wars... Is that another Star Wars reference? Yeah, very, oh, very good, very good. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, if you were to play Star Wars Old Republic, would you be in the Royal Tatooine Navy, Dune Sea Navy, or whatever they're called, or would you be in Threeville? Uh, I think I would I would go straight to the Threeville Recruiting Headquarters, post-haste. Yeah. yeah. Right. Go, go evil. All right. Go team evil. Well, I will say that, at least to me, having played a little bit of Jedi and a little bit of, like... Uh, uh, several of the classes. Uh, I think Sith Inquisitor and Sith Warrior are the most interesting, at least to me, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like kind of the cooler choices and kind of like the the cooler intro stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's like you know you're totally fighting for your life the entire time. And that's also what's kind of appealing about playing the dark side in this game is that it's like the whole the whole idea is that if you slip up, you're dead. Because you you kill your way through everything in this game. There's no like, oh, you get a nice promotion. You know, you don't get a badge. You kill somebody and you take their place. So it just, you know, if I were a Sith and I was like in the training academy, if anybody got too good, I'd just kill them. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what they lost. Maybe somebody was (laughs) with them. But like, uh, you know, and I played a few seconds of a like a Republic commando and it was just kind of like uh, i don't know uh bounty hunter was all right i, I didn't play imperial agent though so you 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 got so, far into that one yes i did so the imperial agent is uh you know you're working for a sort of a i don't know the title like a moff tarkin kind of fellow and you're doing jobs for him and then a mysterious uh jedi overlordy kind of guy takes over uh, and you do missions for him, and you know I don't want to spoil anything because actually the storylines are kind of cool how they unfold, even if they don't seem to have meaningful gameplay implications. It's kind of cool to see where the storyline goes, and I, I was enjoying that part of the Imperial Agent. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean that's what's so fun to me about the Sith Inquisitor and Sith Warrior is like you get kind of invested in your character because they've actually put a lot of single-player emphasis on the story. Well, you know what, McMaster? Just the fact that I can sit here and tell you the story of what happens to this Imperial agent is right away is a leg up over any other MMO I've ever played. Uh, well, right. You know, it's kind of... It, that's what kind of intrigued me about it, because l- hearing about it and looking at screenshots and watching videos and seeing the stuff at E3, I was like, uh, you know, it just kind of looks like World of Warcraft. But... Right. Like, actually playing it made me go, you know, there, there's a little bit of something here, you know. It, it's like, it's been a long time since I've played Knights of the Old Republic, and it just, I forgot how interesting the Star Wars universe could be, because there hasn't been that much interesting come out of it in quite some time. Yeah, those so, are great games. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, McMaster, when can uh, normal human beings play Star Wars The Old Republic? You know, that's actually a good question, because I received a shipping confirmation for my package, like, receiving, or, like, uh, sorry, receiving, uh, arriving here on the 16th, so... That doesn't make sense. The actual release date is the 20th, and I don't know if maybe they're shipping pre-orders early, um, and then I guess maybe it goes to retail on the 20th, or I have no idea. But apparently if you pre-order it now, you might get it Friday. All right. So so you hear that, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll take some of that uh, Christmas money. Yeah, it is. Uh, speaking of Christmas, uh, I got Tom a Christmas present. You're a jerk uh, too. I was going to mention this. So I've been I feel able to so hold. Bad. Oh, you, Jamie, you don't know what. Okay, I'll give Jamie, you some peanut butter cookies. <laughs> I would have rather had that because it wouldn't take me however long <laughs> this one's probably going to take me. So I've been able to say for I guess a year now, however long this thing has been in beta, I've been able to say for the longest time I have never played Minecraft. And I was able to say that even after it went, uh, it was officially released. Version 1.0 came out, I think, sometime in November. I keep hearing about what an awesome game it is and what a time sink it is and all these preconceptions I had about, oh, there's nothing to do in it. It's just a sandbox thing. People were trying to disabuse me of that, and I was resisting that. So this morning in my email, some jerk sends me a downloadable code. He bought me a freaking copy of Minecraft. Nice. So, McMaster, if I hadn't gotten the pinball FX tables, you know, I I had to play those briefly just so that I can enjoy those few precious minutes, literally minutes, of not having your wife's high score dominating mine. It's over, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. But I enjoyed it. While it lasted, I enjoyed it. So I had to enjoy that briefly this morning. Otherwise, I would have jumped into frickin' Minecraft. So, you know what? Thank you, McMaster, because that was really – I was really touched to see that. Like, when I got that email, I was like, that – I feel that the coolest gifts are gifts that you get somebody when you know something about them or you listen to something they've said. And McMaster, sure. I really do appreciate that. That was so cool. Oh, sure. So thank no. you. So no, Jamie, I, go I have never played Minecraft either. I've oh. never touched it. Well, you know what, Jamie? I'm coming over to your house with this <laughs> copy of it. And, uh... Teach me how to play Dota while we're at it. <laughs> so, uh, do you have an iPad, Jamie? Uh, I do, and I've been thinking about that. Yep. Tomorrow, Grand Theft Auto 3. Really? What? On the iPad? Please. Yep. You made that up. Nope. Comes out tomorrow. Man, I can't. And it actually supposedly looks better than the PS2 release, but otherwise, other than control, like touch controls and stuff, it's supposedly just like the Grand Theft Auto 3. I can't imagine playing that game with with uh, touch controls. And it's also only four ninety nine, which is kind of weird. Well, it can't be very good then. Well, probably not. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, you do have an iPad. What are you uh, or an iPhone? What are you What are you digging on it these days? Uh, iPad. I haven't played much. I went through a whole spate where I bought a bunch of ninety nine cent games, and you know, I played uh, Infinity Blade on there. Went through that recently. I played the first Puzzle Agent game, uh, which which I liked a lot. That was pretty funny, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides that, not a, not a whole lot of gaming been done on that. 
Right. Uh, all right. Well, then I'm not going to send you an invite for Ascension, this card game that Master and I have been playing. <laughs> That's on my wish list. Everybody keeps talking about it. It's a, a deck building game, right? It is yeah. so. It's so good, yeah. Jamie. Like as far as just a, a, this great self-contained package. Like I used to love CCGs, but I didn't like that whole collectible aspect. It's got just that much like flavor and atmosphere, and it's just one set of cards, uh, and it's just really shrewd gameplay design. So uh, I, I heartily recommend that, and it fits very well on an iPad or on an iOS format as far as just like taking your your turn from time to time. All right. Tom will kick your butt apparently in it. I just kicked McMaster, what was the final score? It was something like two to hundred and seventy? Oh uh, sure, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a great game though in that, you know, so much of it is luck. Tom can win it. <laughs> well no, there, there's a little bit of strategy, McMaster, but like in our no, game in our game, I just got this great killer cycling routine going where I was just pulling out so many cards. And, you know, the longer the game went on, the more that was going to sort of advantage me. So yeah. I think it was it was just those last few turns because you had a couple of great early game moves. And you even forced me to resort to profanity in response <laughs> to something that you did. Doesn't doesn't happen very often, but I messaged you a, a profane text. <laughs> Achievement <Yeah>. unlocked. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, uh, Jamie, thank you for hanging out with us today. It was, it was very Absolutely. cool of you to show up. Uh, it was good to – I guess I hadn't seen you in since Many that E3. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I appreciate the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. Uh, if you are a listener and you would like to join us as well, we would love to have you. Email me at tomchick at quarter to three dot com, uh, and we will happily put you on the list. Uh, you don't have to be uh, a long-term QT3-er. You can be new at this. You don't have to be good at podcasting. We just want to hang out with you and hear what you're playing. Uh, so drop me an email if you want to join us. And also, finally, we've been doing uh, podcasts on quarter to three for – I guess nearly two years now, uh, I've been remiss in that I, I would really, really appreciate it if folks listening would rate us on iTunes. You know, I listen to yeah. plenty of podcasts, and most of them are pretty good about saying, hey, please rate us on iTunes. Please, you know, write a short review, give us a star rating. Uh, I don't think I've ever said that because I don't appreciate the importance of it, but please now, I'm realizing, jump on iTunes, just Check off however many stars you want. We're even okay with one star. We're big boys, and maybe write a couple of words. We would really appreciate it if you would do that. Uh, and so there you go. McMaster, who is going to fill Jamie Madigan's slot next week? Well, actually, we're taking a bit of a break for Christmas. Uh, but on the 28th, mm-hmm. Bill Abner. Oh. Bill Football Pants Abner. Mr. Little, little crossover action then, huh? From the uh, <laughs> Jumping the Shark? That's right. That's right. Bill has been seeing another podcast, we hear. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so Bill will come out, and it will be my job to keep him from talking about sports games. Oh, okay. good luck. I'll, he'll probably just talk about Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, that, that McMaster, I'll keep him from the sports games. You keep him from Dark Souls. Between the two All of right. us, I think we can whip that guy into shape. Sounds fair. <laughs> All right, so thank you for listening. Jamie, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. And we'll see everyone else on the forum. Take care. All right, take care.